What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Is, like, I agree that gatekeeping and wrestling is, is bad, and is terrible and that you know people should be able to give things a chance yes. Craig you talk about this all the time though you're free to have an opinion about a thing and if you think the other thing is terrible and not worth watching and, and you want to vocalize that you think something is terrible and not worth watching like that's not tribalism that's an opinion yes now, you're maybe, right about that like, here's what I'm going to say like, I'm going to I'm going to say one thing about this topic. Save it for the podcast. No, I'm not even going to say it for the podcast. I'm going to go a step further and say this. Oh, Phoenix! Hey, yo. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. It's Pastor Down. Just straight punk. I mean, you're just going to replace me. Shut up! Rhythm Morales. The biggest slut in the Western Hemisphere. Why do I have to have a buzzer? And Greg DeMarco. You are now and will forever be an asshole. Because it's my show. And I love you, Greg. You guys know how to party. You're welcome! What is up? Another beautiful Tuesday night here in the Phoenix of the Arizona. We have a... It's going to be fun to talk about. Patrick O'Dow just reminded me what the list was. I am not prepared for that one. We'll figure it out, though. We'll, oh, we'll wait no. Shit. Great. We'll, we'll I, even, I sent it to you this morning. So that you this morning? Yeah, 8.49 a.m. Check your text messages. According to my phone, one Greg DeMarco today at 8.49 a.m. Eastern Time. I do no not list. have that. I go from Saturday to today at 1.34. I blame the iPhone. Oh, I believe you. I believe. I totally believe I was you. Like, I, I think, 
My own wife will text me and I won't get it. And and she'll be like, it's right there. Or I'll text her and she won't get it. Like, I truly think that that the Android folks and the iPhone, iPhone folks are, like, worse than WWE and AEW because I think they're actually at war and not just their users think they're at war. Right. I don't, I don't really know what I'm talking about. But, no, not, not received no, you're right. at all. Not received at all, not well, one bit. The, so, I, I started... I have to think about it, though. I do have some time to think about it. We'll figure it out. I started the show... And and people caught the tail end of a conversation that was taking place before the show. But again, it was one of those things that we could talk forever about this topic. And, and a lot of good things would come out. And I don't want them to come out off air. So, we dive right in. And and it's funny because the shows where we, ha- we don't do like the full-blown opening and all that stuff just tend to be more fun anyway. Maybe it's after, you know, 12 years of podcasting, we're just like, fuck it let's go um so that's kind of what what i'm feeling right now so patrick o'dowd sent me a dm the other day and and wanting to talk about just just the 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 springboard from the conversation was the ticket sales that aew is seeing in in wembley for wembley stadium for all in and so let's pick it up from there to give everybody the full experience of what it is that we want to talk about so what was your reaction or as we tend to do your reaction to the reaction regarding the the Wembley Stadium ticket sales for AEW's all-in event coming up later this year so yeah this all started because of media social media and podcasts hosts various shows their reactions to the ticket sales for all in and being blown away by the advanced ticket sales that have happened so far. And they're very, very strong by, you know, the accounts that we're hearing 60,000. I'm sure it's some number at this point. And that is terrific. And people are talking about this, pre-sale and these i don't even know if have the tickets gone on sale to the general public at this point now i, I don't even have. know um, i don't think they have yet i think but, it was just the multiple and it was like four different days of pre-sales that took place like right very so as a rolling, rolling pre-sale thing which is very which is typical i've seen that in other sorts of events before like that's nothing new but the 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 talk and, and sort of the narrative that has sprung out of this this thing. And, I, and I'm not talking about the garbage narrative of people, you know, saying ridiculous stuff, but the, the, the narrative that we are stunned and amazed that this is doing so well. And I'm stunned and amazed that people are stunned and amazed by this sale, th- these results. And let me tell you why. AEW is a company that has been in existence for how long now? Uh, since 2018, well, it was announced in 2018. I believe they started in 2019. So four years. So, but we're looking, we're looking at four years of existence nationally in the United States. We have one of the most loudest set of self promoters that work within this company, starting at the tippy top, all the way down to the talent that has an international footprint. We have a country that is often starved for American professional wrestling when it arrives overseas to the point 
where TNA could go and sell out smaller venues, but could go and sell out smaller venues in the United Kingdom. And so when this right. show was announced, did I, you know, did I think it was going to sell out or is it going to sell out? Not necessarily, but I'm also not really surprised that the pre-sale has been that strong given the market, given the, the, the length of time that this company has been in existence, whether you think that they're easily able to be watched overseas or not. These are these are fans that know about American companies and they love seeing American professional wrestling when they go on tour there. You you like to me it was kind of a given that this was going to sell so well. And, and so I was surprised by this rise and I just wanted to talk about that a little bit about where you know that that, that persistent underdog mentality that seems to permeate the number two wrestling company in the United States of America that has quite a strong following, quite a strong fan base that will remain loyal to it no matter what they put out there. And just knowing how that travels, like, you you guys are okay, AEW fans. I'm not one of you. Like, I, I I tried, I watched like three episodes in a row. I, I fell off. I stopped again. Like it has never made my recording playlist. Whereas SmackDown still for some reason appointment television for Patrick O'Dowd. It's um, fun. And, and, and it's, and that's, that's my, that's my cup of tea. That's my preferred American wrestling venue uh, to our uh, medium to watch. And then my international medium is New Japan Pro Wrestling. Thank you for bringing it back. Access television. Um, I will take my hour uh, three months too late. It's fine. I'm okay. <laughs> so I'm making some notes here, and and I, I've there's more than this, but I've come up with with my initial three people who react the way that you're talking about. Um, number one, it, it is the underdog, right? The people who view AEW in that underdog mentality. Now, I think in some cases they are an underdog. Um, and in some cases, people want them to be an underdog. And so I do think there's that group of people that have the underdog mentality and, and they're seeing the underdog succeed. They're seeing, you know, but we're also like a year away from, and maybe we're already there from that garage band mentality when people hate them when they go, you know, big time. So um, remember, WCW and WWE eventually flipped in the fans' favor. Right. And that could happen here too. The second group... And you'll notice the same word, undermine. I do think there are people out there who do look to undermine the success of AEW. And and they do it because they don't want AEW to be successful. Now, there are different reasons why they don't want AEW to be successful. Some of them don't want AEW to be successful because their fans and their leader and a good portion of their talent are absolutely unbearable. And so that turns people against them who don't want them to be successful. And I think that's real. And that's a real thing. Then there's the group that undermine them simply because um, they they just they just want WWE to be successful. Remember, for years everyone just wanted Kenny Omega to sign in WWE because they didn't want to watch New Japan. They wanted it to be easy, and and so now we have we have this, and and so there are those who seek to undermine because 
They, they don't want it to be successful. They don't like the product. They think it's crappy. They're not a fan like you said, but they're also the kind of not a fan who doesn't want anyone to be a fan of something if they are not a fan. And therefore, they seek to undermine. The third group of people that I that I have on here is, is underestimate. There are some people who just truly think that AEW... Look, AEW is definitely a, a far number two. They, they are not anywhere close yeah, to WWE. No but there are no some people who don't even believe they're that and don't even want them to be that. And this whole build-up to the all-in on sale and the actual all-in on sale have kind of exposed some of those because there are some people who thought that AEW was crazy for doing this. There are some people who said they won't sell 30,000 tickets to this thing. And and there are others who said they're going to sell it out and WWE could never do this. And there's just the, the whole spectrum in between. When really a lot of us were like, 40,000, 50,000, 60,000, 70,000, like that's what they'll, they'll get to. And, and that just puts them where, where they are. And, and to me, that's kind of like the big three reasons why some people would be negative towards this and then have a shocked response. It's just so interesting to me because the business side of this, which I talk about and bores some people to death, is amazing to me. Because people bring up Clash at the Castle, which WWE did not sell out. They they came close to selling it out, but they did not sell out. They they sold. Let's see here. Um, what they sell? Let me let me look and see. Sixty two thousand two hundred ninety six tickets, and so that's sort of the first barometer. And I'm pretty sure that AEW has already passed that. Now they did that at a stadium that holds. 79,000 for boxing or 78,000 for boxing, um, depending upon the setup and, and all of that. But WWE sold 63,000 tickets to this. Mind you, this event was in Cardiff, which has no. a population of, I looked this up the other day with something, 485,000 people. London has a population of 9.6 million. So very no. different, very different groups of people. But And, and, and if WWE advertised a huge event at Wembley, I do think they could sell it out. I really do. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think that they could do some of the things that, that would work. Obviously, you'd have Roman there. You'd have Brock there. Like You'd have all the big draws there, and they would they would build it up and sell it out. But here's, the, here's where these two companies are so far apart in all of this that people just cannot grasp or comprehend. Cardiff and Wales, I don't know if it was Cardiff, if it was the, the, the whatever they call them, the principalities or whatever they call them. One of those two entities paid WWE to come and do that event. They paid them $1.5 million from what I saw as a subsidy to come and do that event there because they wanted to do it from a tourism perspective. San Juan, Puerto Rico, right. which everyone just knows about Backlash. It just took place this weekend, which was an amazing event with an amazing crowd. Paid WWE a $1.4 million subsidy. Cities bid on WrestleMania. Cities are probably bidding on SummerSlam at this point and, and to try to get SummerSlam to come to their area as well because of, and, and I'm sure Royal Rumble's next if it's not already there, because of the economic impact. WWE basically puts on three Super Bowls a year at this point in terms of process and procedure and all of that. Um, NFL puts on one, but they're getting ready to do a second. But the draft has become one, too. So NFL really puts on two. And, th- and no one's bidding for an AEW event to, to come to their thing. No government is subsidizing 
AEW coming to their city because of the tourism money that it brings in. You might think Chicago does, although they've they've waned off of that a little bit as they've increased their their expanded their touring markets and and all of that. But they are in different stratospheres in terms of business and how this is taking place. However, none of that should take away the fact that selling over 60,000 tickets to all in is amazing. It's amazing. It's I'm a tremendous. Oh, and I know you're not. not. I know you're not saying it's not. Okay. I was like, to be clear, it is I'm amazing. not saying. Oh, no. I know you believe it is. I know you believe it is. But that's the biggest thing I want people to understand. Like, it is amazing. It is phenomenal. They should be happy and proud and excited and all of that because it's just, it's great. It's great for the wrestling business. It's great for the talent. It's great for AEW. It's great for all of that. But here's what I, and, and of course, people are going to think that I'm a hater or a naysayer or whatever. But I'll complain about both companies. I, I don't care. I do care, but but I don't care in terms of I'm not going to censor what I feel and what I think. AEW went to Arthur Ashe Stadium for for their first Grand Slam event and sold like 20,000 tickets. Um, I'll look it up. But Grand Slam 2021 had an attendance of 20,177 people, right? I'm just going to call it attendance. I don't know if it's paid. I don't know. Whatever. Who, who cares, right? That was their AEW Grand Slam at Arthur Ashe Stadium, which is a great venue for professional wrestling, by the way. Grand Slam 2 doesn't even list an attendance figure. So that should tell you a lot right there. But from what I understand, it was like 11,000, 13,000, something like that. Right. But literally like half of what the original the original selling point was and, and what, what was sold. And that's okay. Like, it's still great. It's a great car. But that's my big thing. Like, WWE is sellout after sellout after sellout. Raw and SmackDown are, are sellout or near sellout crowds every single week. Dynamite is not. And one of the best Dynamites of the year was, was here in Phoenix. And they sold like 7,000 tickets. WWE sold out like thirteen or 14,000 tickets. And had they not had the big stage, they would have sold more. Same building, month later. Last Raw before WrestleMania. I was lucky enough to be at both and, and decided difference in between the two. But both very good and very successful. If AEW were to go do All-In next year in London, they would not sell 70,000 tickets. They might sell 50,000 tickets, 40,000 tickets. Still amazingly right. successful, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be the same. It's, it's just that the shock thing, though, is... is like you said, it's it's kind of a bigger shock to me that people are so shocked. I expected this to do great. Newness is a hell of a selling point for a lot of yeah, things and a lot 1, of people. And, and the and UK, like you said, they love our wrestling. They love wrestling in general. Right. They show out for everything, and and they're a great crowd, and they're a knowledgeable crowd, and and they they love their pro wrestling. And they're the type of crowd that this is geared towards. They've been watching wrestling on the internet forever. So for them, following along with AEW, which I don't know is broadcast there locally outside of Fight, which they're going to watch online, and Fight does very well overseas. It's And then and a Fight had their own pre-sale for this event. Like That's how big Fight is with AEW outside of the United States. 
they they toppled a great a great crowd, great everything. Now people are saying no talent's been announced. There is a poster, and that poster does feature a lot of talent. And while CM Punk hasn't been announced, CM Punk also wasn't announced for the first Rampage in Chicago, and that sold out like crazy fast because everyone knew CM Punk was going to be there. So yeah, he's not announced, but everybody assumes that CM Punk is going to be at all in. So that is the selling point, even if the company's not trying to sell it. I think, but but I think it's fantastic. The issue that we run into is, you got Tony Khan rushing to Twitter to share, oh, you know, the God. attendance figures. And here's the thing: WWE does this. They usually do it after the yeah. fact, or, or they were touting on WrestleMania, biggest first day sales ever, biggest record, this and that. But when WWE does it, it's coming from the logo. It's coming from the at WWE Twitter account. And then Triple H might quote tweet it with like a tremendous success and hats off to all or Michael Cole mentioned on TV. It's not coming from Triple H. It's not coming from Vince McMahon. It's not coming from Nick Khan. It's coming from a corporate front account. This is just Tony Khan who, who tweets all these things. Whereas AEW has an official Twitter account that they could tweet this stuff from. So even if Tony wanted to write it, but like Tony, and it's just a different kind of business model, different kind of ownership, everything. Like Tony is just... He, he's everything, all things AEW. And he can't do that forever, but he's doing it right now. And I don't even know where I'm going with, with some of this, but like, it's just so oh. hard. To me, the hardest thing to grasp is just how different this stuff really is. Right. Well, what this, this blends into sort of what we were talking about prior to the show officially starting and where, where our conversation sort of tail off is this these different approaches kind of create a different sort of attitude from a fan base. And, and I'm not even really saying one's better than the other. The, I think that there is this whole, like people there, there, there the AEW fans out there that love when Tony Khan tweets these sorts of tweets. Uh, it's very much like, this is one of our guys who owns this wrestling company and it's all part of us. And we were like, it feels like we're a part of this because he's thanking us and we're going to celebrate it on dynamite this week, which I'm sorry. I still don't understand what that fucking means. Like, what do you, what did you do? Did you just announce it on the show too? Like that's celebrating right. it. Like that it, it's, it's a dumb, it's a, it's a fluff statement. It's a, it's a pointless statement. It's a meaningless statement. It's, it's when you didn't pop the bubbly with Chris Jericho at, at Dynamite right. to celebrate your 60,000 tickets sold. Uh, and so that that connection that that creates, though, also creates this other concept that I was giving our, our good podcasting colleague, Conrad Thompson, a hard time about, where he was speaking about the ills of tribalism on this last uh, week's edition of 83 weeks he's talking to eric bischoff about the sales and he's like he's and this is where the whole genesis this this was like the final nail in the whole like i need to talk about the who because he was like who'd have thunk it nobody ever dreamed and all these people were going out there saying ridiculous things like tony Khan bought the tickets himself and i'm like one like one person yeah, one person said that to be funny like yeah, as a joke, and then suddenly we rerun with it. You know, you had you sat there and tried to defend him for ripping on an ESPN dude for doing his job because he misunderstood something. Because guess what? He doesn't cover wrestling and gates. He covers boxing gates, and so he, he you know 
the reporter shared something that was dumb and speculated something that was dumb, but Tony then took it to the you're on Nick Khan's payroll. What the fuck are you doing? But you got you got Conrad being like, oh, you know, he really should have done. You know, it was it really wasn't that that reporter should have done this, this, and I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, and then he starts going on and on about this tribalism about and it really going after like the WWE fans universe, whatever the fuck you want to call it, and their tribalism against AEW. And this to me feels like a very one-sided and I'm using Conrad as the example of what I see because I don't see WWE fans really sweating and, and really going after AEW right. the way that AEW fans seem to think is happening. Uh, you can't say anything good about the WWE on, on the Twitter um, or compare it to AEW as a, as a superior product in any way without an AEW army coming after you. And that's the tribalism. Right. Um, but when an, a, when an AEW person rips off the WWE... I don't. I don't know that we really see as much interaction the other way. We see some, not a ton, not as much. But but it's but it's not the same. And it's a troll that knows that you can you know rile up a fan base. Like that's the goal on either side is to rile up the other side. And it really, it, it, it was just one of those things when confronted by Bischoff. I'm going to continue with the con when confronted by Bischoff with. The example Conrad was using of people ragging on AEW and be like, you know, people have been ragging on the WWE for every decision they've made for the past forever years. Conrad couldn't respond because there was no response. I think as you eloquently put it, I don't know if you got it on the recording or not, but Conrad couldn't yeah. respond because Eric was right and it killed his argument. It killed everything that he was trying to say about poor AEW and tribalism ruining wrestling. He didn't even agree with it. He just went silent and changed the subject. And that is a that is where I get hung up on this tribalism narrative and this gatekeeping narrative. Because gatekeeping is wrong. WWE fans are not gatekeeping. It feels like AEW fans are trying to imply that WWE is is doing or you know fans of the wwe is doing these things it's just not so yeah and part of it is because the the fan the percentage of the fan base who does this stuff online there may be the same number of wwe fans who are doing this versus aew fans but it's such a smaller percentage because a large portion of the wwe audience doesn't do this they don't follow online like this they they follow online because they watch the youtube videos and they 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 tweet in the tweets that are very superficial and non you know analytical. It's just like oh my god this or this is amazing or I hate this person. But the AEW it, they just get to this different level because uh, it's a different level of fandom. It's it's like you know if somebody were tweeting about the NFL versus somebody tweeting about the XFL. Like the XFL person would know their shit. They would know everything about every XFL player. They would know. All kinds of stuff. And and they would tweet all those details and everything because they know all those details. Whereas the NFL person might know their team, a few other players, and be happy. And that's what WWE is. Sorry, I just got to circle back on a comment you made earlier. Okay. 
about like the the Tony Khan tweet because Tony Khan tweeted the dynamite card tomorrow three minutes ago like three minutes ago he tweeted this uh, on Wednesday or Tuesday February 9th or May 9th Jesus Christ what's wrong with me uh, it's okay but he said a pay-per-view on yes. PBS and he listed the card he, he said this before too re- about the same card right but it is retweeted by the all elite wrestling account and literally it should be the other it's way backwards around. yeah oh you're exactly right it's totally it's, backwards it's totally backwards but exactly what you were talking about and and it's it's and look this is a tough week for tv it really is this is why wwe is doing the the, the tournament the way they're doing it half raw half smackdown because the nba and nhl playoffs are in full swing right now they are and NHL is delivering better ratings than they have. You probably know more about that than I do. NBA is is top of the list every single day that they have their games. So it's a lot for WWE and AEW to compete with, and and that's normal, normal for this time of year. Right. And and I mean, there's not every single one of those matches is pay per view quality, but they are loading the card up, and that's fine. It's it's they should do that. It's, it's a business in the end, and I want to see them make business decisions. But you are right; it is completely backwards. It is one hundred percent backwards. So, I want to get to my my what I thought was a brilliant statement, and and about the AEW fan base and why this is being so celebrated, where it would not be celebrated if WWE were doing. And WWE, of course, just put out these videos about their tour over of the UK of Europe. And how they had like sellout after sellout after sellout. And some people thought this was in response to AEW's success, selling tickets for All In. And I'm like, WWE has been doing this for years. WWE did this before AEW existed. WWE sold out multiple events in the UK. Why? Because they don't go there very often. This is this is normal. What AEW is experiencing is is normal. They should go overseas more often. It, like you said, Impact would do it, and it would give a, a jolt to their entire product that would last for a few months, even when they, when they were back in Orlando or you know in front of half a house in Louisville. Like it would still give a jolt to the product because of that that fan base. Like like Backlash was amazing, and and everything that came out of it. And I guarantee you, this week's edition of the hashtag Miranda Show with myself and. Puerto Rican Miranda Morales will be probably about backlash and Bad Bunny and everything that happened there. So it should be. It was a phenomenal show. It was a phenomenal show. Great crowd. My only hot take that I have coming out of that is is after watching things like that and the Royal Rumble of the past few years and SummerSlam the past few years, I'm done with the stage in WWE. I don't think they need it anymore. But that's just my my take about it that that no one else really would care about. So. I want to go to commercial, and then I want to bring back that that take that I had. So while we go to commercial, pull up your phone, log on to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up one of those beautiful chair shot t-shirts, whether it's one of the shirts for the podcast, whether it's one of the shirts for one of us, whether it's a logo shirt, a slogan, whatever it might be. Pick up one of those at prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Support us. Support everything we do. Support the movement here that is thechairshot.com. We appreciate it. It allows us to continue to bring you all of this great content here at the Chairshot Radio Network and thechairshot.com. So again, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot. Then listen to commercials. Then come back and enjoy more brilliant discussion about the wrestling. 
Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything from t-shirts and jeans to sweatshirts and jackets. And of course, their legendary best hoodie ever. So you can fill your wardrobe with the pieces that will get you through your spring days, like the lightweight joggers and pullovers in the French Terry collection or the rich and polished premium slub crew tee. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, American Giant makes something that's sure to be your next closet go-to. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Find a closet staple for every part of your day at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use Staple 20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. I didn't record that much of the pre-show banter just enough to kick oh, us oh. off and we're already past 30 minutes talking about this it's, it's i looked at it and it was at 15 and we and i fit and I literally when we went to commercial i thought i was going to look at it it was going to be maybe 20 and it's 30 like it is a fascinating conversation so we talked about and and you asked the question like why why is it such a big deal why is people acting like this is an unheard of which is a phrase that you use why are people acting like this successful presale is unheard of? And and I set the table as I love to do. Like the answer to your question might be the most insightful thing that I've ever come up with. And maybe people will hear this and think it's not true. Maybe people will agree. But I said the following: AEW fans don't believe; they hope. And I feel like they're still in that that hope. Like, and that's that underdog mentality that you were talking about. They still don't really believe that this company can be this long term sustainable product but because they love it so much because it's it's wrestling kind of without it's like pro wrestling without this is a horrible statement it's kind of like pro wrestling without the pro it's just wrestling it's gymnastics it's it's spot fest it's, it's without the storytelling it's just a, it's only a small portion of the wrestling business which is why their audience is a small portion of the rest not as a, it's a portion of the wrestling business it's a portion of the wrestling audience it's number two for a reason because it doesn't appeal to the larger mainstream dream audience. And I still think that these fans watch with this hope that it'll continue to grow, continue to take off. But when you see ratings dwindling and when you see, you know, like Grand Slam going from 20,000 to 13,000 or whatever it was and, and little things like that, it does kind of make you wonder what, um, you know, what could happen to you know, to the product. And, and, and I think that a lot of people, by the way, 12,600 was the attendance for mm. Grand Slam 2022. 20,300 was the, 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 what I'm reading in the same article for Grand Slam 2021. So quite the drop. Um, however, the gate went up. So they sold 8,000 less Gee, tickets, but made more money because they obviously increased the ticket prices, which is fine. And and one of the reasons why they probably did so well the first time was because the tickets were so cheap. But that's okay. WWE once sold Royal Rumble tickets for $5 a pop in the Alamo Dome. 
back in the 90s right. to try to sell it out. Like, WrestleMania 17 tickets weren't that expensive. Like, literally, it's, it's, it's all been done before. But I do believe that they, there's this level of hope associated with an AEW fan. And I said this before we started recording. I honestly believe if the bottom dropped out of this thing tomorrow, if they came on air tomorrow during Dynamite and said, this is the final episode of Dynamite, AEW is not going to be on anymore, the video game's never coming out, all the champions are going to be champions forever, blah, 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 and that was it for AEW, I feel like people would be less shocked than they are about the AEW presale for All In. Like, It's just because in some ways they're hanging on by a thread because it's not a good model it's not a great it's appealing to a niche of a niche and and that doesn't work for sustainable growth year over year over year and which it hasn't done and so i do think that there's that there wb fans believe w no one's hoping that wrestlemania does well right when when yeah. wb announces a pre-sale for uh, you know, SummerSlam, no one's hoping it does okay. Like, everyone was hoping that AEW would deliver these big numbers in, in the UK, and they did. And so I do think that they're not to the point yet where they believe, because I think deep down inside, they know, like, this is alternative. This is grunge. This is a fad. This is things that don't last forever. Like, it, when you listen to classic rock, you hear a lot more classic rock than you hear grunge on classic rock like right. it is not like certain things are timeless and certain things are not you have to seek them out and 20 years from now if AEW doesn't exist if all wrestling ceases to exist 20 years from now a lot more of your classic wrestling is going to be WWE than AEW and and just because like ECW now it, it, it's in WCW is more people are going to watch that stuff than ECW right now it's just that that hope and a prayer is what they're living on. Um, and that's good and bad, I guess. But I yeah. really do think. I think they don't believe in the product as much as they want you to think they believe in the product. They love the product. They don't believe in its ability to be successful for a long time. Yeah, and I, I guess for me it's not too bad that, that that's where... That's where that mentality is. Like, maybe, but maybe it should be there because it isn't a great product in terms of mainstream growth potential. Some somebody's trying sure, to spread yeah. right now that whatever this new TV deal is, whether it's a completely redone TV deal because now mm -hmm. Dark and Elevation had to end because they were broadcast on YouTube, and Warner Brothers going to have exclusive rights to all things AEW in the U.S. Someone is floating a rumor out there that they signed a billion-dollar deal with Warner Brothers to, to do this. Now, I don't know. That hasn't been reported. Um, that that it, seems... Uh, well, that's odd. the WWE number, right? Because they got the billion from Fox, and they got the billion from USA, and they got the billion for Peacock. And it, it's... Oh, you know, they want it. They again, they want, they hope that AEW can pull that number in, just like WWE did. And some people try to manifest it by what they're reporting. And they have three programs. Okay, WWE would get a billion for one right. on Fox. AEW would get a billion for three programs. Says three programs over five years. I mean, that's how many zeros is a billion? There we go. Divided by uh -huh. fifteen. That's only. 66 million per show per year on average which is lo less than they're getting for dynamite right now 
if that were a five-year deal, say, okay? Right. So if it were a three-year deal, then it would be $111 million per show per year, which is, I think they're getting 130 for Dynamite. So if they got a billion-dollar deal, it's not really that impressive. They should actually get more than that for a long-term deal for three shows that are on TV 52 weeks a year, all of that. So that's what so so even if that number was true it may not actually be that successful which is crazy to think that the Gosh, word billion yeah, I mean, isn't successful but it's math and, and we're not a math podcast but sometimes we have to be but it's just again it, it is that like they just want so desperately for it to be successful and you know why they want so desperately for it to be successful because they want to be right yeah they do they're like pc tunny they want to be uh, right about the product that they think is be better. Right. And they want any reason to be able to say the product. That's why with the success of All Out and the sales at Wembley, people immediately go in and say, better than WWE. Some people are saying this is better than what WWE did there in like 1992 or whatever year that WWE sold that big time in, in Wembley. So I I just don't I don't know where to go from here because... The other thing is that I'll ask you, and it's a dangerous question, should we care what they think? Should we care about their reaction? Does that only make it worse? Uh, oh, how do I answer this? Yes, I. Yes, we care because we do a podcast where we get to talk about this stuff all the time. Uh, and so for us, it's, it's good for our, our listener traffic. And I do think that I think that there, you know, we to, to bring this back to just sort of toxicity of fans and and fan bases. Like, this is this is the sort of stuff that we try to speak out to because we we want people to be better with it, right? Like, and so that's I, that's why I care is because I feel like this sort of silliness, whether it be you know the the hope. You know, the hope that something can be willed into existence to be true to, you know, my frustrations with, you know, arguing over whether something is tribalism or not uh, to just sort of the out out silliness and nastiness of it all. It, it really, for me, as a fan of professional wrestling, these are the sorts of behaviors and the sorts of like things that make me sad to be a fan of professional wrestling. Or are not sad, but to be like embarrassed, to like to have to like quantify it or qualify it in, in describing it to folks and trying to be like, well, they're really, really passionate because they love this thing and they just behave really stupidly and say really dumb things and have this strange complex over the whole deal because they just love it so much. And and you understand that because you love Taylor Swift that way. Um, you know, for example, which isn't true, but that's I, that's why I care, is because to me as a as a fellow fan, I, I find it insulting and stupid, and feel like people, unfortunately, even though I know what you're going to say, feel like people should be better than this at this point. You're four years in, like you're four years in, and it doesn't look like you're going anywhere. Like stop hoping and do. I I see where you're saying and I see where you're coming from and we'll always be different in that regard and that's fine because right. I just have lower expectations of people at this point. Um, 
And, and I'm an optimist, I know. And maybe that's where I'm the realist. But for those of you listening, the guy who just spoke for way longer than I did on that one topic is the actual wrestling realist, and you should go follow him on the Twitter. And what's the address? Well, it's W-R-E-S-T-L-N-G-R-E-A-L-I-S-T. That's right. You didn't miss here. You don't have to adjust your ears. There's no I in wrestling, but there is one in realist, and there is one in Patrick, and there is one in friend, for the best friend, for the Patrick, for the wrestling realist, Patrick O'Dowd. Follow him on Twitter. He's got bots that you need to replace. He, he needs you to understand and see his baseball takes, although I don't know if you've been tweeting. I haven't been on Twitter as much. Um, I've been DMing uh, I mean, our group. I put a baseball take but. up on. No, I've been trying to be a better bandwagon nerds okay. supporter. Um, most of my comments actually are from backlash that makes sense deservedly so the last week i i, I kind of like tweeted a lot of uh good. a lot of backlash very good so go follow him go follow me at greg demarco 44 the website at chair shop media visit the chairshot.com for all things sports entertainment and sports entertainment it's the chairshot.com the chairshot.com always use your head acknowledge me shut your dumb mouth you just made the list. It is that time in the program where we transition to one of the most fun parts of any week in the world of professional wrestling. That's right. We are going to make the list. Now, it's not a top six list. It's not a bottom six list. It's just the list. And last week, it was my turn to do the list. So this week, it's Patrick O'Dowd's turn to do the list. So Patrick will reveal the topic for the list at that point. Um, I will go first, putting one item on the list. We will take turns until we have our six. Then we will put the list in order where Patrick will go first and we will take turns putting the list in order. And that's how we can tell these six entities that we come up with. You just made the list. So, Patrick, go down. What is the list for this week? This week, our list is wrestling tattoos. And I left it very vague. You can kind of go anywhere you want to go with it. Which um, does make sense. Which does make tattoos. sense. Because there uh, are some interesting and, and things that people have done out there. So, yes. There, there are some directions you could take with wrestling. And I'm specifically talking wrestlers with tattoos. Hopefully that is clear. Okay. Because there are some fans that have gotten some crazy-ass wrestling tattoos yes, that have I, been I made public. I don't, I don't need that. I don't need that in my life. I but I can tell you my list is all wrestlers. Probably. So... And, Mine and too. I, I was worried names. about being able to develop a list, and then I was able to develop oh, a list. God, I no. also have six so names. Easy. I am very glad I'm going first because I feel as though there is one who stands out above all the rest in terms of wrestler tattoos, and and one that that to me should always be number one on any list of wrestler tattoos or wrestlers with tattoos or whatever you want to call it. And, and will always stand out, shining bright above everyone else. And so I'm just going to go ahead and do it since it is my turn to go first. I am putting on the list of wrestler tattoos none other than the flaming adorned head of Bam Bam Bigelow. On my list as well. Excellent choice, sir. Had you gone first, would it have been your first? Uh, I actually don't know which one of my six okay. I was gonna pick. That's okay. First. I I, you don't have I to. kinda like them all. Um but I will uh I will say that my second one is another quite famous tattoo. 
So uh, I got to actually make sure that it's actually, you know what? I'm going to do a different one. So I'm going to go with um, opening up my, my list of names that I have here. You you did Bam Bam Bigelow. Yes. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, kind of one of my favorite sort of still current wrestlers. Okay. Um, that hasn't wrestled in a long long time. Um, he's been on a bit of a hiatus, uh, recovering from various ailments and injuries, and just taking time away. Uh, but I'm gonna go with Randall Orton and the sleeves. Ray, Randy Orton and the sleeves always. Um, Somewhat controversial at times. May have been a lawsuit involved in his sleeves because they showed up on an action figure. But those sleeves are there. Yes, those sleeves are there. Um, It's interesting because I kind of stayed away from like the sleeves or the, 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 because to me, I tried to go with like specifics with my, with my tattoos. Most of my, uh, most of my other ones are, the the other ones that I have are specifics, but for Randy Orton, those sleeves are like, very much a part of like they are they are they are his look and his character are very distinctive like he was special in that regard so i've got to decide between a couple for number two because i only got two more choices total um this person achieved some level of like a notorious level of fame and notoriety of a tattoo they got on the front but the tattoo that they got on the back is is famous to the point where it's actually the floating graphic WWE does when this person enters an arena to wrestle a match. A match which is usually shorter than 10 minutes every single time he wrestles because that's how this man wrestles. And that is, of course, the giant beast tattoo on the back of the beast himself, Brock Lesnar. So that is who I am going not, with. Not, not, not even a little surprised that no. that is one of your choices. Ladies and gentlemen, right. my name is Paul Heyman, and I serve as the advocate for the reigning, defending, undisputed, universal champion, Brock Lesnar! See, it's great because Patrick can't always hear the sound bites, but I knew he was hearing that one. Until actually, until he said Brock Lesnar. Oh, I'm sorry, like you missed Lesnar. the best part, but I'm yeah. sure you're okay with it. No, I, I don't. I, I'm fine with it. Um, okay, we've got three picks, and, and have it with this guy on there. Um, you gotta go. You gotta go with the Rock and the Brahma Bull, the the Brahma Bull shoulder tattoo. Like that was the like before he started doing it, the the tribal stuff and started building that yeah. out. The Brahma Bull on on that right arm. That I mean, that was his logo. Still his is. Logo. And that's it. So, so we got the rock. So now I've got four that are still on my list. Believe it or not, um, I can take that one off. That one's not going to go on the list. But I've got three that I'm trying to pick between. Two of them are. Remember, this isn't a best of list. This isn't all that. They can be whatever we want it to be. Two of them definitely fall under that. Um, and then one I think is iconic and, and probably might be on your list. Might not be on your list so far. Our list has been completely different. So I am going to go with the, the item that will probably be number six when we put these in order. But it became famous for a long period of time because 
despite the stature of this person, despite the how iconic this performer is in the wrestling business and and achieving a certain level of reverence that no one will probably ever achieve in their lifetime. This person also got a tattoo that is the poster child for think before you ink because you may not want to get your wife's name tattooed on your neck unless you know for 100% that that marriage is going to go forever. So I am putting the American badass himself, the Undertaker's Sarah neck tattoo on the list. Wow. So that leaves it to me. And my last... We're going to have some fun um, honorable mentions. That's all I'm saying. Right. Okay. So... You probably still have four on your list. I have a feeling we have 12 total between our two lists. No, you had Bam Bam. So maybe 11 I total. Had Bam Bam, I had Bam Bam. And you didn't have The Rock on yours? No, I'm I didn't. I'm surprised you didn't have The Brahma Bowl. I, I know. Bowl. I'm surprised too. Uh, no, what was puzzling me is I was trying to figure out. I was like, I know we've said five. And it's because I had moved Randy Orton on to ah, okay. the ones who made the list. All right. So I'm looking at three names left here. For a long time, and we've been sort of dancing around this a lot of time, but I'm going to go old school. Okay. Re- like, really, like, far old school. Because there was a time when wrestlers with tattoos were something of a rarity, um, and, and especially in the WWE. Yes. Like, in the WWF. Now, it wasn't like tattoos were unheard of. There were plenty of wrestlers that had tattoos. But, like, your big stars weren't necessarily those those guys but there was one dude who was an nwa world's champion for many many years who had the distinctive forearm tattoos of harley race the 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 man who would become the he was the first wrestler i can recall from the wwe where like that added to his like tough guy persona. Right. And it's, it, it was, it was the, he has them on his forearm. He had these, um, even trying to remember how to describe them, but it was, it was like, um, trying to get a good look at me. Kids, they're, they're really hard and indistinct to sell, see, but like you can see them all up and up and along in his arm. And, like, yeah, I'm looking was, at some pictures right now. It's it definitely. Insane. Uh, it's not like an anchor or anything like that. Well, he's got a like, peacock. I don't know if that's on his. That's on yeah. his like chin, I think, though. But no, the peacock's on one of his forearms. So yeah, um, there's a good picture with him and Tony Schiavone where it looks like yeah, you can get a good look at him. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go with Harley Race and the the forearm tattoos of Harley Race because that was the first like that was what I remember about him more than anything is this dude is a legit tough guy. Because he had tats on his forearm. Okay. But that, that was it. So. so so, so, we've got a lot of honorable mentions to talk about. So let's do this. We're going to go to commercial. Then we're going to come back, give you the honorable mentions. Then we're going to put this list in order. So sit back, relax, and we will come back with our list of wrestling tattoos. You just made the list.
This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. So we have our list developed. We have our six items on the list. Before we put it in order, Patrick O'Dowd, let's talk about some honorable mentions. My first honorable mention was one that, while I think this trend was overdone for a really long period of time, this tattoo really became this person's calling card, became their logo, became so much stuff, and that is Goldberg. I had Goldberg as one of the options on my list. What's one of your honorable mentions? Well, speaking of wrestlers who had a tattoo that sort of became their logo, uh, amongst his many others, uh, Shawn Michaels and the Dagger Heart tattoo. Yep. Very good. Uh, it was another one that was on my honorable mentions. I did have, you know, I, I tried to stick with very individual, specific tattoos. You did as well outside of the Randy Horton sleeves. However, from a compilation perspective, Alistair Black, now Malachi Black, definitely has quite the tattoo collection adorning his body and is one that I had on the list as an honorable mention as well. My uh, my other composite compilation person, because uh, it wasn't really one distinctive tattoo, but the multitude of them is one Rhea Ripley. Um, especially the legs. Just tattoos. Well, and kept those covered for a long time. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't feel comfortable and then completely changed it. Well, I got one more. I have one more. I have two more as well, actually. Um, Dave Batista, specifically the sun around the belly button of Dave Batista. We, we when you started talking about uh, Ray, uh, Brock Lesnar and the Beast tattoo and all that stuff, I thought you were going with Batista. Yeah, like I had started typing Batista. Well, he has that on the back. He also has the front. Brock, of course, has the big sword on the front. Uh, which has been the butt of a lot of jokes. I did have, under the same vein as The Undertaker, I did have Cody Rhodes in the neck tattoo. I yeah, I wondered if that was... On my list, and thought about making that my last choice as well. And then uh, my other honorable mention that I had was uh, the Big Show's tiger tattoo. Okay. The big tiger on his shoulder. Uh, I just remember one day, boom, there was the tiger. Just never know sometimes people show up. Just, hey, one day, boom, there was the American Nightmare logo. So sometimes you just never he, know what's going to show up. He's been, I mean, he's done interviews explaining, like, why he chose that tattoo and all that. So Yeah. To and his credit. Like, still he bad. His, he loves his tigers. Yeah. Yes. Uh, hey, nothing wrong with it. But Cody's tattoo, whew, that was a bad choice. Even his own wife was like, yeah, I'm not a fan. So, right. yeah, I don't know. You just made the list. All right, so we have our list of wrestling tattoos now we got to put them in order. So this is Patrick O'Dowd's list. Therefore, Patrick O'Dowd will now go first, and we will take turns putting these in order from one to six in whatever order we want them to be in the list of wrestling tattoos. Patrick O'Dowd, you get to go first. What is number one? Uh, for me, it's the Rock and the Brahma Bowl because that became such the identifier in like branding and logo of the rock character he's my first choice i think it's a great first choice i think it would have been my other first choice outside of what would have been my first choice and of course that is the flaming bald head of one bam bam bigelow very very good um oh this is where it gets tough you know i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm gonna go with brock lesnar number three all right 
Number three for Brock Lesnar. So number four, I am going to take from you then and go with Randall Keith Orton for the sleeves. And in fairness, Harley Race never had any of his tattoos changed, altered, or had to make go away. Ergo, he will be my final choice because that seems right. As he should be. I would have been appalled had you not put him at number five, thus leaving The Undertaker and his regrettable Sarah neck tattoo at number six. So... The Rock's Brahma Bull, Bam Bam Bigelow's Flaming Head, Brock Lesnar's Beastly Back, Randy Orton's sleeve Sleeves, Harley Race's Forearms, and The Undertaker's Sarah. Congratulations to all of you. You just made the list! The list of wrestling tattoos as put together by the wrestling realist Patrick O'Dowd. Gentlemen, you have three minutes, and you better make it good. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. The clock is ticking, and we're in the clear. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. We got three minutes, and we're out of here. Quick question for you, Patrick Adowd. Three-minute warning. You have no time to prepare for this, no level of preparation whatsoever. Are you watching anything right now? On, on the indie level, or where you at with the Japan? Like, what's your non-mainstream wrestling thing right now? Oh, gosh. I'm, I'm behind on the New Japan because of where I am in, in my semester. Right. Uh, I really want... This is the thing, is the local indies that I would be catching, too, by the way, which would either be Blitzkrieg, Pro or Pioneer Valley Pro Wrestling because we have three out here in Western Mass now. I don't know why we need three. Crazy, uh, huh? But we've got it, and then and two of them, and they all run the same like same venue. Uh, I know you you understand how that goes. Uh, and actually, the the newest indie uh, was one that I've enjoyed going to a couple of times is uh, Pro Wrestling Grind, and they are working their way towards, I believe, crowning a new champion. And their next show is, of course, the weekend that I have to work all weekend. And so I, of course. I will not be able to catch Rip Bison taking on Queen Delmi XO as they uh, they battle one another. Real life couple, by the way. Really? Smashing it out in the ring. Didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, you learn something new every right? day. Right. Delmi XO, of course, friend of the program. Friend of the program, yes. Ah, uh, the God Queen herself taking. Uh, taking yeah, no, no longer like of the sea anymore, and now she's. No, no, she is a God Queen. Because I don't think her uh, sister wrestles anymore either. So I think it's just no, her sister's just out. Yep. Yeah, it happens. It, it happens. does. It definitely Which does. is interesting because her her sister Ashley Box, like she was on, she was doing NWA programming, like she was on like NWA Power, and seemed like she was on a trajectory things like for whatever reason life it is it is crazy what pops up just today i saw an advertisement for a, a match somewhere i think canada and one of the names was nicole matthews and i was just like huh like i thought she just retired because oh, i hadn't yeah. seen the name at all uh, her partner retired in, in in the canadian ninjas or whatever they were called Portia perez but uh i saw nicole matthews like huh, like new gimmick new gear new everything like to see these people well, evolve, and it's it's good. It's it's, it's really good. Yeah, I mean we've 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 seen so many folks that we've interviewed go to other things. You know, even um, 
let's see, what's a friend of the program, Taylor Hendricks, who now is a children's author, um, and is published. Like she's doing quite well. She also does podcasting. Like she still talks about wrestling and stuff, but like that's her life. Um, God, who are the twins? They were from like great. Oh, the Olsen. They were no, they weren't the old. The Blossom Twins. The Blossom Twins. They, they have like uh, cookbooks and children's books and. Yeah, they they moved on books to like books. books and doing office. So it's it's just interesting. Like people retire, life change. Like life takes you in other directions, and it's really really hard, kids, to make it as an independent pro wrestler and have that be your source of income. It is, it is. But some can do it, and and some can do it as their full time yep. income, and more power to them. The ones that do, right. I don't blame them. We have a couple that we use, but it's it's just interesting. Um, yeah, no, that's exciting. I just want to, you know, know what what's on the agenda that that people don't hear about and think of, and you know, I I used to follow that scene so much more closely, and and just try to to follow, and and you know, things just get too busy, kids oh. grow up, and you start running your own things, and next thing you know, you don't have time to see what old Blitzkrieg Bro is up to. So yeah, well, because you're you're over there, and I'm over here. Yes, I am. Yeah, how how is how in tune, outside of knowing when other shows run, are you with your local scene? Not very. Not very at all. Right. I am like, in tune. Might... So here's the thing. The, 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 one of the funny things, there's many funny things about being me, but one of the funny things about being me is that the, the, this, this tribalism that we talked about exists everywhere. And it even exists right. on, on the independent level. Not nearly as bad. But there are people who the moment another company announces something, usually one specific company, I get messages about it. Did you see what they're doing? Did you see? And it will have zero relevance to what we're doing at all at this point. Like they literally have a policy where they won't use anybody who's associated with IZW, this company. And, and I still don't know why, but I don't care. It just sucks for the talent because, you know, I'd like them to be able to work and, and work wherever they want. Um, People will message, oh, did you see they announced this match? And I'm like, uh, one, that person doesn't wrestle for us anymore. Two, that person has never wrestled for us, the other person. Three, why do I care? Like, it's just they want to get involved in the gossip. They want to get involved in all the stuff. And so it does happen. So I keep, I'm kept up on it by other people, but but I don't, outside of dates and business aspect and, and all of the other companies, except for the one in question, we're actually really good about sharing our dates and making sure everybody knows what's going on so that there's no overlap, so there's no issues. And then the one just insists on, you know, if I share my dates with this one company, they will literally use that to pick when they're going to run their shows so they can run the same dates as us because they like not succeeding. I don't know, but it's it's really stupid and, and frustrating to oh. me. But, um, but I do keep up in that regard. But as a fan, it's hard to keep up with almost anything at all because – you hit that point where like you know too much and, and I'm more a fan of the business now than anything else. And so that's where where I tend to lean towards anyway. But um yeah, on the local level that's that's pretty much it. Plus, you know, I, I hold ours in a certain regard that I don't hold the others. And so it's just almost not it's just kind of where it is and 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 i there are fans that go to everything and and god love them for doing so and there are fans that, that don't come to ours that go to the other ones and because and, that's what they like the one thing i will say is that by and large all of the products that are offered locally are different and 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 it's come to the point now where, where there's a pretty defining line between the differences that are there and and 
and and levels are pretty well defined as well and like us and one other are pretty much the tops and our events are very different and you can like things about both and, and not like things about both and then there's like two more and then everybody else is kind of below that so it's it's it is really kind of where everything falls locally over i mean we've been at this for four years now with with izw coming back but it's just really kind of that packing order has been there and, and pretty much all but one company is happy with that so um i think everybody truly can coexist and and you know make some decisions that allow them to coexist except for that one that doesn't want to and that one that doesn't want to has been at it the longest consecutively like izw goes back to 2000 but from 2010 to 2019 there was no izw so we're not the longest consecutively mm -hmm. the other company is yeah. but um it just yeah it's just i've gotten to the point now where i have truly for the longest time there was a lot of this don't worry about what they're doing don't worry about this don't worry about that and there was a lot of that like self-talk and other people telling me this and I've actually grown to the point where now that's reality. I really don't care anymore. And and because I've realized this this last event that we did on April 22nd kind of showed me that. Like they ran against us seven miles away. Yeah. They ran a tiny little building that they couldn't even really put a lot of people into. And we had our most, you know, our biggest draw, our biggest gate ever. So at that point I was like, why do I what obviously it doesn't matter. So, who cares? So that's you know kind of where where it put it where it puts me, and the, it, it it sucks for the wrestlers, like I said, and and it's for some of the fans that would like to be able to go to both, it sucks for them too. But it's it's it is what it is. I can't control that part. So there you, So I don't. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it, my friend. I can't. I got bigger fish know. to fry. I can't. So I don't. So there you go. Next week. Patrick O'Dowd's birthday bash here on the Greg DeMarco show. Um, I don't have anything planned yet. So, oh. <laughs> so you hear me say Patrick O'Dowd's birthday bash. That could be a normal podcast where we wish Patrick. We don't, happy we don't even have a list yet. Everybody. We don't even, we don't even have a list. But I'm sure we can come up with something between now and then that is somewhat birthday related. I'm sure that that can be done. Wrestling birthday celebrations. Right. Wrestling birthday I'm celebrations sure gone wrong or, or any type of celebratory segment. Cause right. there's a bajillion wrestling weddings and so much more. So we can do that, but right. that is next week. And we are here for this week. So I will say that we appreciate you listening. Of course, follow Patrick. Good. Oh, we can do this. Follow Patrick down at wrestling realist. W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. You can follow me at Greg DeMarco 44 at Chairshot Media for the website. Go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Pick up your favorite t-shirt or what will soon become your favorite t-shirt and so much more. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have fun next week. We're going to have fun the weeks after. So tune in for what should be nothing but a grand old time here on the Greg DeMarco Show and all of the programs on the Chairshot Radio Network. So until then... We will talk to you next week on Patrick O'Dowd's birthday. Always use your head. <laughs>